Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth Podcast. She Reads Truth creates beautiful, accessible Bible reading plans and resources to help you get into God's Word every day. Each week here on the podcast, we talk about what we're going to read together as a community this week. I'm your host, Amanda Bible Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. And this is a big week. It is is. not only our first week of the Lenten season, correct, but this is the first week of a brand new topical plan that we are so excited to get to finally engage with our community in. Yes. And we have a brand new guest who is here in the room with us, the one and only Lindsay Jacoby. Lindsay, welcome. Thank you so much. Lindsay is our managing editor at the office, and so she has had an enormous hand in, enormous hand, sounds like she just has a huge hand. Very small hands, actually. Has had, yeah. (laughs) Ironically, uh, small hands, but a huge hand in these reading plans that we're going to engage with for the Lenten season, both Mm -hmm. People of Remembrance and Matthew. Lindsay, I'm thrilled that you're here because we have so much to talk about. But let's start with, as I just mentioned, day one for the community of the Lenten season. Is that day one of the Lenten season for the church calendar? No, it is not. Pop quiz. (laughs) No, it is not. We get a little running start. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, When does Lent start? Tell us about the church calendar as it relates to Lent. Yeah. So Lent is the season in the church calendar that leads us up to and prepares us for Easter Sunday. So it actually kicks Mm -hmm. off 40 days before at Ash Wednesday. So we start on Monday leading up to Ash Wednesday, and then we will walk the season of Lent together leading up to Holy Week and Good Friday and Saturday, and then we're going to make it to Easter Sunday, where it all comes to a culmination. So it's really a season to slow down, Mm -hmm. to walk together as a Christian community of our faith that says we want to be fully prepared when we make it to the cross. We want to be fully prepared as we celebrate the resurrection together as the hallmark of our it's all Sunday. (laughs) We are (laughs) Easter Sunday people. And so this is the season where we get to slow down and join with generations of church fathers and Christians yeah. who have come before us that say, we want to slow down. We want to acknowledge that we are, we're dust. We came from dust. We're going to return to dust. Scripture tells us that. And we want to acknowledge that when we take a look in the mirror at our humanity, we are sinful, we're fallen. Yeah. And thanks be to God, we're not left that way. Amen. But we get to slow down a little bit so that by the time we start walking with Jesus in Holy Week and we get to the cross, we have taken a good hard look at what is true in our flesh and what is also true in Christ. And then we show up to Easter Sunday fully celebrating that we were not left that way. And so, like Paul said, if Easter Sunday isn't true, like we are the most to be pitied. Yes. Right? And so, like, aren't we glad that Easter Sunday is true? That, like, we're not working our way up to Easter and, like, remembering, like, the reality that we are dust Mm -hmm. and then Easter Sunday isn't true, Right. Because then we just like are dead in our trespasses, and that is that. Yeah. But that's not true. Like the truth is that we were dead in our trespasses, but while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And not only did he die for us, but he conquered death for us, not just for himself, but for all who believe. And like that's the gospel. Like that's what we get to look forward to, even in this season of reflection and remembrance. Yep. Yeah. The wages of sin is death. Yeah. Period. Mm -hmm. You know, God Mm -hmm. makes that a comma. Yeah. But it is full stop. The wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. the gift of God is eternal life. And so, like, understanding what that statement 
means the gift of God is eternal life sounds really great, but I don't understand how great Mm. (laughs) that is Mm. if I don't understand the first part of that statement. That's the wages of sin is death. Well, Lindsay, you're hired. What a wonderful <laughs> oh my explanation gosh, thank you. <laughs> of Lent for us and for our listeners. Yeah. I'm excited about this season, and I'm excited about, I don't know if excited is the right word, but I'm really hopeful and just feeling grateful for this season. I'm, I'm grateful that it comes every year, and I'm grateful for the way that we as a worldwide Bible reading community have the opportunity together to approach Lent this year. Sometimes we do big, long books of the Bible. A lot of y'all listening remember last year we read First and Second Chronicles together. Before that, I think we read Ezekiel. Before that, Jeremiah. We've done Exodus. We've done big things. I think somewhere in there we read Joshua and Mark as like a one-two punch of two. Mm -hmm. I don't know if books of the Bible can be punches, but yeah. It feels like it sometimes. (laughs) It felt like it. So, Lindsay— Talk to us about sort of the decision to do two books again for Lent this year and the two books that we're doing. Yeah. So I think, as you said, because Lent is a long season and it's the same amount of time every year. Yes, it is. It is a great opportunity (laughs) for us to kind of tackle some of those bigger books. That's right. But this year, we wanted to mix it up a little bit. Like you said, we've previously done both Joshua and Mark as kind of a combined unit for Lent. And so we wanted to do something a little similar this year. We'll be coming off a New Year's plan that's a little longer. And so it also gives us a break up a little bit as we walk through Lent. And so this was a plan, this People of Remembrance plan was a topic that we have talked about over the last Mm -hmm. couple of years. And it just seemed so fitting for this season. I mean, that's what we're doing. Yes. <laughs> what we're supposed to be doing in it's Lent. It's a season so, of remembrance. Yes. So let's be let's people do it. of remembrance. Yeah. yeah, I love it. So we decided to take a little bit of a different approach and do two books. So we'll spend the first three weeks doing People of Remembrance, which is a topical plan, and then we'll move to Matthew, which is a gospel that will take us right into the events and occasions leading up to Holy Week and Easter Sunday. And so as we were kind of thinking as a team how these two kind of work together, we wanted to spend the first little bit going, okay, let's look back and let's look at what Scripture says that God doesn't want us to take our eyes off of. Yeah. And in a Mm. season where we're kind of clearing the clutter out of our hearts and our minds and maybe our schedules, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we get to just sit and go, yep, this was true for Joshua. This was true for Moses. This was true for God's people in exile. This is true for me, in a way, in this season right now. And so I'm so excited to be able to, to do that for Lent. And so then we get to go into the gospel and remember what Jesus also lined for us as we follow Him, as we walk yeah. with Him, as we make our way to Jerusalem with Him, as He makes His way to the cross. We're going to see some of the things echoed from people of remembrance. We're going to see how He called His own followers to remember Him as yeah. He shared a meal together with them. And so we're going to see some of those echoes come through. Cool. And so... You'll notice a couple different things in your books. If you have a physical copy of our books with you, there's not quite as much Lent-specific content in these books like we have done in previous years. But if you purchased our Lent Experience package or any other ancillary products that went with it, there are other ways that we want to guide you through Mm. the experience of Lent. And so you'll be able to walk through. If you're observing Lent this year, you'll have all the resources to do that with each That's of right. these studies. Yeah. So. Yes. And I feel like on that note, I'll say this is episode one of our Lent experience. And so if you don't have your 
reading guide, like Lindsay just mentioned, for People of Remembrance and for Matthew. There is still a Lent experience for you to pick up if you want it. We're in day one of, you know, 47 days. Many days. You've got time. And all of the things. <laughs> so I would strongly encourage you go to shopshereadstruth.com, pick up the Lent experience. The bundle is going to also include a devotional book. Mm-hmm. So it's a devotional for every weekday in Lent associated with or in response to our scripture readings for those days, which we almost never ever, ever do. But with this season being sort of a more offline season, even in Lent, we don't always do it. But this year we're doing it. So this is your chance to get a very rare thing. So if you grab the Lent Experience Bundle, you can. I also believe if you'd prefer to get a digital copy of the book, you can do that. And Amanda, do we have a discount code for digital books? So there is not a code, but there is kind of a special going on that you don't actually need a code for. Oh, perfect. And that is... For the next three days through February 14th, you will get a set of digital lock screens free if you purchase the People of Remembrance digital reading oh, nice. guide. So just like a little fun, happy, just to... A little fun, happy. A little, little fun, it. happy. Little All right. Fun. I'm still saying get the experience. If there's still some in the shop, get the experience because it's got, I the, agree. It's got the devotional book. It's got both People of Remembrance and Matthew. And the card sets, like all the good stuff. It's got all the things. And we joke, you know, every year we joke that like Lent is so long. And it is. It is a lot of days, just (laughs) objectively a long season. Not the longest season on the church calendar, Mm -hmm. but it is, it's one of them. It's up there. Anyone know what the longest season on the church calendar is? I knew you were going to ask me that. I know. You brought it up. Is it Eastertide? It's Eastertide. Yeah. So Easter wins. It's that or ordinary. By just like a couple of days. So ordinary time. Is technically mm-hmm. the longest thing. Like yep. it takes up the most calendar days. But it doesn't but in really terms count as like events, a season, right? And seasons. Yeah. Easter tide beats Lent. Agreed. So it goes from an Easter Isn't time. Is that appropriate? I feel like it completely is yeah. because we are Easter people, like you said. Like it goes from Easter Sunday is the first day of Easter tide, just like Christmas Day is the first day of Christmas tide. Yeah. And it goes through Pentecost. So it's like 50 days or something close to that. It's yep. beautiful. Mm-hmm. I just, it's so beautiful. And when you were saying, Lindsay, that, you know, we like to slow down and clear out the clutter and, that that's kind of the vibe of the season of Lent. And a lot of us do like get offline or it's between you and the Lord what that season looks like. There's no specific prescription for what a successful Lent season looks like. Like (laughs) it is a personal thing or maybe within your church community. But I'm really thankful for that because I think, you know, I love to sign on for slowing down for a little while. Okay. You know what I mean? Like at first I'm like, yes, like let's slow down. Let's get rid of all this stuff. Hit the reset button. Yeah. But at least for me, after a couple of weeks, I start to get a little restless, you know? And, and so I'm just thankful for the way that the Lord knows us. Yeah. (laughs) And worked through the early church to like help establish these rhythms, which, even though this specific rhythm is not prescribed in Scripture, there are rhythms like this modeled in yep. Scripture, right? Oh, for sure. And it actually kind of segues into what this first of our two Lent reading plans is about. Mm-hmm. It's about one of those rhythms that help us reorient back to the Lord. Yeah. Um, I actually wrote down as you were talking, Lindsay, like you were saying, clear out the clutter. And it's funny, Amanda, that you picked up on that as well, because I was just thinking, like, I love that phrase 
because it makes me then ask the question, well, what do I want to keep? Mm-hmm. Like if I'm clearing things mm-hmm. out, and what am I calling clutter? Yep. And what are my non-negotiables? Which really does bring us to this conversation of people of remembrance, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, like, what do we want to keep? And scripture is going to tell us starting this week, the things that God says are non-negotiable, not to be cleared out when your son asks you why you tell him this. Mm -hmm. Like that's the weaving that we're going to get. So as we're like opening our reading guides that are here in front of us to people of remembrance, yes, let's talk a little bit more just about this plan. Mm -hmm. Lindsay, you want to tell us about it? Yeah. I love having our team members on the podcast. (laughs) It's my favorite. It's so good. This is fun. It's We worked on it a while ago, so yeah. it's also fun to get back into it and remember all the things. This one is a special one and a personal one for me. So, Okay, I want to hear more about that that you just said, but I also have a question. When that happens, right, because it happens frequently in the yep. work that we do, you do a lot of really intense work on something, and then you put it down, and you move on to something else, and something else, and yep. something else, right? And then, as our rhythms go here in the office, you come back mm-hmm. to this like we're doing right now. When that happens, is it sometimes like, look at that? (laughs) What's it like? We did a good job. Like, are you ever just pleasantly surprised by what you find? Yeah, I hope so. That's most of the situation. It's just fun to reorient. Like, I go back and go, oh. That was I loved this part. Oh, this was or, good. This yeah. was so fun. Or oh, I remember a teammate that worked so hard on that. Or yeah. oh, we labored on this together. Or wow, this extra took so many whiteboard sessions. Right. <laughs> or right. whatever it may be. So it is always fun to once you've gotten a little space from it to go back and, yeah. and go. Oh yeah, yeah. It's funny to me because we've had a morning of meetings. Like you and I have been in meetings yes. together. We've been in meetings separately, and so it's kind of the end of the day that we're recording this. But like Lindsay, you told me. The number of like months and days and years that you have been like concerning yourself with today alone, I mean, it spans three years. Yes. <laughs> wow. Wild. Yeah, just between nine and five. So I mean, it's covering the gamut. Today. It is shocking to me sometimes when I realize that we're only in 2023 because my brain so often is in 25 or 24, yep. or I'm thinking back to something that we did earlier. Like it's just publishing, man. <laughs> when and are in, we? And when in are summary, we? Yeah. publishing man. Come on, man. Okay, but now that you are re-entering it and you're yeah. remembering, pun yeah, not intended there. but mm-hmm. accepted, you said this was a really personal plan for yeah. you. Tell us why. This for me, the kind of undergirding of this plan, before I came to work at She Reads Truth, I was in a season of transition and unknown and change. I talk about that in my ed letter a little bit. and. Yeah. I just didn't know what was next. I felt like the Lord was stirring and something was coming. I just didn't have a next Mm -hmm. thing. And so I was asking and digging and trying to figure out what was the next step to take. And so in that season, this was the theme that was just kind of bubbling up in me. And I was Hmm. just kind of writing stuff and wasn't going to go anywhere. Just It was just kind of the overflow for me. And had a good friend who was helping me process a lot of that. And a lot of the things that are scribbled on notebooks from that season, hmm. I can see it <laughs> in really? here. Yeah. And it wow. looks different and, and came in different forms. But I, it's such a kindness from the Lord yeah. to, again, as I was sitting in a coffee shop kind of scribbling and scrambling with the Lord, yeah. what could be and what mm. might be, this was the thing He kept anchoring me to. And so it was a delight when it got to be part of a gift, which is getting to do what I do now Mm -hmm. and then kind of getting to put pen to paper in this way. So 
It, yeah, it's a personal one. The theme here, I mean, it's no secret. It's entitled People of Remembrance. But the subtitle is A Study of the Biblical Practice of Remembering, yeah. mm-hmm. which that might be news to some listening that remembering is a biblical practice. Mm-hmm. So like, tell us a little bit about why, about what this plan, like the structure of it and what yeah. we're, oh, yeah, we're going to be doing Absolutely. over the next mm-hmm. few weeks. Yeah. So it's a three-week plan, so each week takes kind of a different theme. So we'll walk first. I love it when it's tidy like that. It's uh-huh. so nice. And have right, you, right. I mean, this oh, no, table I'm, of contents, I'm, I'm just like chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. So beautiful. We wanted to, I'll say kind of broadly, and then I'll walk us through those three sections, but when we look throughout Scripture, we see a pattern of God orienting His people to not forget who He is and what mm-hmm. He's done. Yeah. That is in physical practices, that is in days on the calendar, that is in feasts, that is in buildings, that is in stones stacked on the ground, that is in meals. And so when we look throughout the whole story of God, as we see in Scripture, that is a continual thing that He brings His people back to because we are fickle and forgetful people. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, that is true. And we need all the reminders that we could possibly (laughs) need. And so... We will start with our week one will be, it's called Remembering God. Hmm. And so we'll take a look back at, throughout the Old Testament mostly, of looking how God had set a pattern of He's acting, He's calling His people to stop and look and see what He did, mm-hmm. and then remember it. Yes. and look, I'm excited uh, that uh, this is our week this week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in some cases, like, look, I'm going to put something here for you to come back and look and remember. Yes. Yeah. I worked here among yes. you. And so just seeing that pattern again and again throughout God's relationship with His people in the Old Testament. And then in week two, it's called God Remembers Us, and we're going to look at different examples of God's people Mm -hmm. looking at Him and Mm -hmm. saying, hey, look at us. Don't forget us. We know you don't forget us, but please, right now, we need you. Right. Remember us. Remember that we're yours. And so almost that model for us, because we have, as believers, a relationship with God that says, you've remembered us, God. Yeah, and yeah. now, please, in this moment, we need you to remember us. Mm. And then the last week is called Acting in Remembrance. And mm. So it's that super practical, what are the ways, mostly in the New Testament, that we see in the Lord's Supper and in the work of the Holy Spirit and in baptism, what are we, sometimes those tangible things are so helpful to just draw a line in the sand yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah, yeah. and say, look what you did here. Yeah. And so those are kind of our big three buckets as we'll walk throughout Scripture to see the practice of remembrance. Okay, so I'm really yeah. excited about this. One of the things, like as I was just experiencing this week, just kind of preparing for this recording, I was studying, like I was like looking at the Reformation Study mm-hmm. Bible and like kind of like asking the question, what does the word remembrance mean? And I know that we've got lots of front matter to that end, but one thing that I found just in my study, as it relates to God remembering, I love, Lindsay, that you were like, it's not that God forgets us. Yeah. And so like the definition mm-hmm. that I found was not mental recall, mm-hmm. but action based on previous mm-hmm. commitment. Yes. And I think that like as we're framing this study, I want like our listeners to hear the word remembrance And when we're saying things like God remembers us Mm -hmm. and like that week, next week, we'll read about, you know, God, remember your people, remember our suffering, remember our future, remember our need. That's calling him to act based on a previous commitment. And at the same time, Lindsay, I think it would be accurate to say that there is a level for us Mm -hmm. when we're talking about being like us remembering God, that it does come to mental recall. Yes. 
Yes. And I think the introduction in the book does a lot of kind of language digging and gives some helpful Mm -hmm. terms of how the Old Testament talks about it and the New Testament. It's absolutely not comprehensive, but the words we see throughout Scripture that talk about remembrance or remember, they're a little heftier than just, oh, I thought about that thing in the past, and so I'm going to call it to mind. Yeah. We remember those words have an undergirding of remember what is true of a past thing and let that come to bear right now. Mm. I'm in the middle of this thing that's happening. And where is God? What is he doing? Why isn't he working? So I set my mind on a past reality. I remember Mm -hmm. this was true of God on the banks of the Jordan River with his people. This is how he acted, and that is true. And so in my own season right now, I get to bring that to bear. That's still true, and it actually gives me weight and security and a way to act Mm -hmm. going forward. So it's not just a thinking about the past and then doing something different unrelated right now. It's bringing that to bear in how I act and respond and obey. Yeah. And so it's a weightier, a weightier remembrance that does involve, like you said, that mental recall, but also for the sake of walking forward in a different It's a saying, way. this same God, yes. this same God that did this, that these things that we'll read about yep. this week. That's yeah. interesting. And so turning the page and looking at week one, which is obviously called Remembering God, like we just said, there's this summary that kind of sets up the week for us. And I just love that it just points out for us that God established practices of remembrance that involved specific items, like these like landmarks. We get like a rainbow and rocks and bread and so on and circumcision. And but that we need these like physical things to like affront our eyes yep. to remind us of what is true. Anyway, we'll get into that this week, but I'm just excited to get back to some of these like really early books of the Bible because we're going to spend some time in the Pentateuch mm-hmm. this week, but to just really look at those early acts of like covenant establishment and the covenant loyalty, because it really helps us kind of look ahead to the new covenant. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it can be hard sometimes when we're looking at a passage like Genesis 17, and you go, okay, what is what Abraham was doing in circumcision? What does that all have to do with me? And then were these things all just happening for Israel? And it's that when, right. we, when we look and see like, okay, this undergirding, what did the Lord want them to stop and look? And I love what you said, affront their eyes with mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> his action so that... When you are prone and tempted to forget, which if anyone out there is like me, is Mm -hmm. daily. (laughs) There's this, I can look and say, oh, look, even God's people all the way back then. Yeah. All the way up to now. And all of us need these regular reminders to look up and look forward. Yeah. Yeah. And they're very personal. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you know, we'll read stories of, you know, stones stacked in the riverbed and stuff. And that, that moment was surely personal. Some of these signs that the Lord gives are, you know, on their person, like circumcision names, mm-hmm. you know, the renaming. I thought, man, I've never thought of that as a reminder to remember <laughs> yeah. before. Yeah. But, you know, the Lord is meeting with Abram here and saying, you know, he says, I am God Almighty, live in my presence and be blameless. I will set up my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you greatly. So he's giving his, he's establishing his covenant, and at the same time, he gives Abram this marker. Mm-hmm. You know, there in verse 5, your name will no longer be Abram, your name will be Abraham, for I will make you the father of many nations. So he is connecting this promise to Abraham's new name. 
But the promise is not about, you know, the language here is, I will make you the father of many nations. It's not your name will be Abraham because you're going to go do these great things. It's I am going to do these things through you. And so if I'm Abraham, and then, you know, later in the the same story, Sarah, you know, Sarah, I become Sarah. And so they have this really tangible moment of, oh, this is who we are mm-hmm. moving forward. Lindy, you said something in your ed letter that I want to pick up on before I forget. You were telling the story that you just shared of the season in your life, mm-hmm. and you were saying that at the time, you said looking forward was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely think of times in the past where that was true. I can think of situations in which that is true for me right now. And I'm not even talking about like, I mean, yes, there's like worldwide things happening that Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want to think too far ahead on this because it freaks me out. But there are things in my own story where I feel like the Lord (laughs) has taught me if I'm going to look further down the road, I better be looking through the lens of what He has taught me because if I look really far down the road without that it's terrifying. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it still is, right? Mm -hmm. But what is it about? I mean, I think we all would have a different answer for this of why is it terrifying? Why Mm -hmm. is it overwhelming to look ahead? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that speaks to this practice. And like, what is it about looking forward that overwhelms us? And what is it about remembering who God is that enables us to walk forward into that place where we don't want to look? Yeah. I think there is something so human about wanting to be in control (laughs) and at least be able to hedge our bets about being able to avoid pain and suffering or hurdles along the way, or at least know if those things are going to come, that we get a guarantee of it being fine in the end, right? or that there's like minimal collateral damage along the way. And so I think anytime we look forward or we're trying to plan and prepare, we are doing our best to buffer. Mm -hmm. Uh Even if we're doing so and walking in faith, there's this very human reality of going because it's ultimately unknown. I can only see what is behind me and I can't see what's in front of me. So I'm going to do all the things and pack all the possibilities in there yeah. that I might need on this trip. Right. In the hindsight is twenty twenty. Absolutely. Like, I, I know what happened. Yes. Yeah. And so I think there's this reality as just people who have lived in a fallen world where we know we can get hurt walking forward and we know right. that things could go wrong or we know that our rose-colored glasses have probably come right. off. Mm-hmm. And so I think there is a necessary anchor in the past mm. not to get stuck back there, not to idealize what happened back there or to want to return and live in the past, Hmm. but to be anchored in what is true because it was true then. And so I know that even though I'm walking into unknown future, unknown circumstances, unknown job, unknown family, unknown relationships, I have a sureness and a steadiness Mm -hmm. because I already experienced it, maybe in different ways and in different realities at different times. And so I think even when my circumstances change going forward, I'm bringing into that uncertainty, certainty. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I love as believers that we get like a threefold or a millionfold, however you want to count it, way to look back Mm -hmm. and find sureness. Because Lindsay, you just said like you can look back at your own life 
and like point to the faithfulness of God Mm -hmm. in your story. But you also can look back in the lives of all the people around you, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can see the faithfulness of God in my life that I've testified to or in Amanda's life that Mm -hmm. she's testified to. So that undergirds it a little bit more, right? But also as believers who have scripture in our language and we have access to that, we also get to read all of this. And I'm holding a reading guide, but like (laughs) we get to read scripture and see the faithfulness of God. And so that, like the undergirding of going, this is my sure bet. He is my sure bet. Whether I know what's ahead or not, he does. And Mm -hmm. has he been faithful to me in the past? Yes. Has he been faithful to people I love in the past? Yes. Has he been faithful to the people that he Mm -hmm. loves? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. He is faithful. Which is, I mean, even back to where you started, Amanda, and talking about Abram and Sarah, you know, they are clinging to this promise that God is going to carry them through. He's going to use them to bless the whole world. Mm -hmm. And they aren't seeing yet how that's going to play out. And then the generations that follow them are going to still claim that same promise. That's right. They're going to say... Remember, God, you were the God mm-hmm. of Abraham, God of Abraham. And Isaac, and Jacob. And it's that even in their calling to God, they're remembering, hey, remember, you promised right. all of these people that even preceded us. Yeah. And it's still true, right? Mm-hmm. It's still, this promise is still true. And so even that clinging to promises of generations past and that collective family of mm-hmm. believers that we get to, there are seasons where people around you may be struggling to look forward. Yeah. I struggle to look forward, but I need someone else to help me remember in that moment. Yeah. And I need someone else to help me. And so the people of Israel were able to yep. say, You didn't bring us out to this wilderness yep. just so that we could die. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you were the God of Abraham, if these are the promises that you made, make good on them. Mm-hmm. You didn't bring us out here just to forget us. Yes. There's sort of a kind of an underlying theme that I am seeing in this conversation and even in this reading plan of, because what we're remembering is who God is, right? And that God is faithful and how God has been faithful. And I think it is important to, you know, even though it's not part of the title of the, of the study or the reading plan is to look at these situations because there are difficult situations in these yes. readings. Yeah. And so, for example, the story of Noah, I mean, this is a devastating yes. passage of scripture yes. that just the complete like wiping clean of humanity on the earth. And so to be able to look and see like, oh, God's faithfulness in the past or these remembrances that we have, it's not, here are the ways that it all worked out. Yes. Like that is, I think it's important that we remember that God is faithful on God's own terms here, that God's faithfulness and goodness looks here the way that faithfulness and goodness looks like to the God of the universe not how would Amanda Bible Williams in Nashville, Tennessee, write this story. Those are not the same thing, right? And so when I look at the Tuesday reading, Remember God's Mercy, I have to look at the reality of the situation that is happening, of the just sheer wickedness of the humanity on the earth. Scripture tells us that that was the reality, but that God— in His mercy and in His goodness and in His faithfulness, remained true to His promise and to His covenant, and He demonstrated mercy to humanity mm-hmm. by not wiping us completely out, yeah. you know, because He didn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't. And He even saved livestock and birds and plants. And, you know, I mean, it's 
it is a very like overwhelmingly specific and scientific Mm-hmm. And providential thing that mm-hmm. the Lord does in that story. And so what I just want to be sure that we are communicating is that when I say I look back in my story to see how God was faithful, God's faithfulness to me doesn't always look like the story ending in a way where an onlooker would go like, oh, look, it all worked it out all for the best. Out. Yeah. You know, it because was not I, pain or grief free. Right. Exactly. And in some cases, the thing that a lot of times we would label like, you know, something good happens in our life and we say, God is good. That is true. Mm-hmm. Bad things happen in our life and we can still say, mm-hmm. God is good. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I really look back, like, yes, there are those moments of, provision and healing and joy and restoration, absolutely yes. And also, there's the reality of remembering His presence with me in really dark moments, or His presence with His people Mm -hmm. in extremely dark Mm -hmm. chapters of human history. I think back to your point, Amanda, even bringing out that language of not just looking back to see good and rosy times that we can name as God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. I think if we look throughout so many of these readings and throughout the Old Testament moments of remembrance, we see them anchored around relationship. Yeah. So this covenant right. language of, I will remember my covenant with you. I will remember my relationship with you, people of Israel, who I've called and I've named as mine. Yeah. All of these moments for them to remember are relationship markers That's good. of this you have missed it. You have broken the covenant. Mm-hmm. You have walked away from me and away from the boundary lines I have set for you. And I am not going to let you go. And mm-hmm. so I want you to remember, I'm remembering you. Even mm-hmm. when you've forgotten, I'm remembering you and I'm not letting that go. And so I think that we can get bogged down sometimes, I think, in some yeah. of the covenant language and all of that is beautiful and rich and I could spend all day talking about it. And I also want to keep us high enough where we go, these are relationship That's right. reminders That's right. That's of, right. Good. Yeah. of God saying, you actually can't do bad enough for me to let you go, mm. and so I'm going to mm. keep marking these things in the sand for you. That's right. And similarly, your circumstances can't get bad enough yep. that I will let you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is, it's both. And I love that because it's so, you just really beautifully stated that, Lindsay, where these reminders are that... The covenant, the relationship is the point. Mm -hmm. You know, the situation is the context, (laughs) but the relationship is the point. Ryan and I were doing devotions this morning at home before work, and we were reading Isaiah 49, where God says, Behold, like I have you inscribed on the palm of my hand. Mm -hmm. We were reading from morning and evening, Charles Spurgeon's Mm -hmm. devotional book, and I loved it so much because it felt very covenantal. Like it felt mm-hmm. relevant even to like what we're talking about now because it wasn't like, and you know, the earlier verses are like, well, you know, don't forget me, Lord. And his response is, behold, I have you engraved. And it's not even, I have your name. And so Spurgeon goes on and he's like, notice those words that you matters. It's all of you. He has your circumstances engraved. Like he cannot forget us. He cannot mm-hmm. forget who we are, where we are, every piece of us. Yeah. It's covenantal is engraved. Mm-hmm. It's not going anywhere. It can't be removed. I appreciated that, like, that's sense beautiful. Of permanence. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that I can do that can separate me from God's love. Mm-hmm. It's a completeness that we don't really have context for 
fully understanding Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, you know, in our humanity, Mm -hmm. that's the kind of relationship I want with the people that I love, like my human relationships, but that's not a capacity that we even have. Mm -hmm. And so that's so beautiful. And hearing you two in this conversation makes me want to read aloud, and I don't mean to skip us ahead, but in Wednesday's reading, we read Remember God's Rescue from the Exodus. And at the beginning of the book of Exodus, or toward the beginning in Exodus chapter 2, verse 23 says, After a long time, the king of Egypt died. You know, the, God's people are in slavery here. After a long time, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned because of their difficult labor. They cried out, and their cry for help because of the difficult labor ascended to God. God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the Israelites. And God knew the way that you each just described, (laughs) and even earlier, God's remembering being linked to God's action on his people's behalf and in pursuit of his people. And just now that like, yeah, like God can't forget you. God knows all of you all the time. That makes this moment in time that God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and with mm-hmm. Jacob. God saw the Israelites and God knew. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even say what he knew. Like the knowing is so mm-hmm. big, it's just God knew. I love all of the signs. Like I think that, I mean, that right now, today, like mm-hmm. we could see a rainbow and like be remembered of the mm-hmm. covenant. Like I noticed in the CSB translation, this is day two, I'm going back for a second, but like the word isn't rainbow, it's bow. Like I think Mm -hmm. that must be like maybe the nearest translation to the original. But I I just think that's interesting. And I don't know what is true here except for what I can read in Scripture, but even just kind of like reading some like study materials that even at that time, the context of a bow would be warfare. Right. And I think that is really neat, even in this moment, that there's this redemption of a symbol for warfare that's being sort of like redeemed mm-hmm. as a symbol for like covenant and like peace and restoration. Yeah. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but it's I sure lovely. found it to yeah. be just about like God, you know, <laughs> like, even, like we get the dove who flies out yeah. and brings back the olive branch, like all of these things, this bow being used as a sign of a covenant, like these things tell me that I serve a God of peace Mm -hmm. and wholeness and restoration, even as I truly also do serve a God of justice and righteousness, right? Mm -hmm. It's that banner over receded floodwaters that is louder than everything that we experienced before. Yeah, louder than. I like that. Mm -hmm. So speaking of the signs, Rachel, you all are going to read so many wonderful Old Testament stories this week. We're going to see this in action where Mm -hmm. God says, hold on a minute, I want you to do this really specific thing. Yeah. And, you know, gather stones and place them here so that you remember. Mm -hmm. And it happens a lot. And so really, we could just kind of pick out any of these times. I mean, what a good reading week. It is. You're going to just like (laughs) underline it. Like, I was underlining, like, I will, I will, I will, because like all of those like promises. But then, I mean, yes, if you're a marker upper of Scripture, this is the week for you. Yes. (laughs) But the one that I had kind of momentarily forgotten and I know where you're going. loved being remembered. Do you know? Is it? It's the tassels. It's the tassels. Aww. I just had forgotten about the tassels. You all, if you don't know about the tassels, you're in for a treat. Tell us about the tassels. Yeah, Lynn. so 
it, what are we on? Day five? Yes. It's Friday, yeah. Yeah, last day of the week. One of our supplemental passages comes from Numbers 15, and it's this short little passage from Numbers where God is giving instruction to Moses, and he's going to give them instruction for adding tassels on the garments of the leaders so that—we just want to read. Yeah, read, some of them read it for us. Okay, I'll read for us. From Numbers 15, the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and tell them that throughout their generations they are to make tassels for the corners of their garments and put a blue cord on the tassel at each corner. These will serve as tassels for you to look at so that you may remember all the Lord's commands and obey them and not prostitute yourselves by following your heart and your own eyes. Mm. This way you will remember and obey all my commands and be holy to your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. It is so specific and so tangible Mm. and so kind. So kind. Especially thinking about this is the season of Israel's story where they've come out of Egypt. Yep. They're in the desert, and they're about to be walking around for several years. Long time. (laughs) Trying to find their way to the promised land, and they're going to pay for some of the ways they missed it really big. Mm Mm-hmm. Even in the midst of their disobedience and wayward wandering, the kindness of such a, like you said, a specific and small thing like a tassel on their (laughs) robe Mm -hmm. so I can look down and I can touch it and I can say, this thing I'm holding in my hands is going to call my mind to God's Mm. faithfulness. Yeah. I love how the theme of story is just so present throughout these passages of Scripture, and then how you all picked up on that and the team, and like, kind of that is a lot of what the reflection centers around. I love that. Yeah, the practicing remembrance extra. When I turned to the practicing remembrance extra, and which I interacted with this on some level way back when, sure. but it felt all new to me when I turned the page. And I had just said to myself, story, like mm. stories matter so much and they just get to the heart of us mm-hmm. and we all, we can all connect with the story. And then here is like, that is the practice, Yeah, right? Yeah. I think when we were working through this content and putting this reading plan together as a team, there was this, even the trajectory of the reading plan gets us to very practical parts of scripture. And so we wanted some really like boots on the ground. What can I do right now to practice this? Like, let's take it from up here as a theoretical thing and practice that we're reading about and just Mm -hmm. kind of, okay, how do I do that today when I'm reading these passages of scripture Mm -hmm. and before I have a day of work ahead of me? And then how can I put something in place so I don't then forget what I just read and remembered. (laughs) As you mentioned, we are forgetful people. What I read at 6 a.m., I've forgotten by 5 p.m. So our team did such a good job with this extra. And so there's just these four practices. Know the story. Write down your story. Share stories in community and mark a milestone. And these are things that we see echoed in Scripture. We're going to see those kind of put forth for us in in several of our readings. But they're just really tactile ways to... Mm both personally and in community, yeah, like you said, stories get to the heart of our identity and the stories that we retell mm-hmm. yeah. form so much of who we are and who our community is. And so I love that we have just some, so they kind of shape our response element for I each of that. the weeks. And we get to, you'll get to kind of pick like, oh, which one do I want to do this week to mark down and remember what I've reflected on with the Lord? 
It's interesting because I I feel like we got to see that theme sort of increasing as this first week Mm -hmm. went on because I kept seeing over at least three or four times that I marked where it was like, when your son asks you why, tell him this. Like, Mm -hmm. there's going to be questions. Ideally, there's questions here and like questions for you to answer. Be prepared with an answer for why we set these stones or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I love that even in our Friday reading and Second Peter, Lindsay, you said like, we're living in community and we're telling our stories. And so it's not just like handing down generation to generation, but like in community, it's reminding each other. And so I actually kind of want to like, we don't have to close with this. We can keep talking after, but this stuck out to me because it made me want to be the person that makes these kinds of commitments Hmm. to the people in my life. From 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, it says, therefore, and this is Peter talking, but this is, I think, a really good challenge for all of Mm -hmm. us. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you know them and are established in the truth you now have. I think it is right, as long as I am in this bodily tent, to wake you up with a reminder. Mm -hmm. Like, I love that, like, I'm going to remind you, Amanda and Lindsay, Mm -hmm. like, what is true? What is true in Scripture? What is true in my experience? What is true in your experience? That God is a covenant God. He's a faithful covenant God. He keeps His promises. And let's be people of remembrance. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think cuts also a little bit against the grain of our tendency to always want something new. Oh, that's good. And to always be reaching for like a teach me a new thing, show me a new thing. Mm. I need a new nugget. I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna dig and find the thing I've never figured out before. And well, so from the beginning, we've needed to be reminded more than we need to learn something new sometimes. And I think, what a Say it knock again. to my oh. pride. Like, yeah. what a knock to my pride yeah. Oh, yeah. in a way that I would rather avoid relearning things I thought I already learned mm-hmm. and a kindness of the Lord to just go, yeah, you did. Yeah. I'm going to teach you again. We need to be reminded <laughs> more often than we need to learn something yeah. new. So often that he instructed... <laughs> our ancestors to put tassels on their garments. <laughs> like, I'm just going to need you to just constantly sure. carry around mm-hmm. if on If you yourself. see us walking around the office with our time with tassels. With the tassels. Um, keep forgetting. <laughs> need the reminder. Yeah. It is. And, y'all, I mean, it's why we believe so strongly mm-hmm. in being women in the Word of God every day. That's right. It is not to attain some sort of colossal knowledge of scripture. It's not like, I want to be the one who knows the most. Yeah. No, it is because what is true was true yesterday. It is true today. It will be true tomorrow. Jesus, same yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever. But that is how often I forget, Mm -hmm, which brings us full circle back to the season of Lent. It's just like we need this not just annual reminder, but daily, moment-by-moment moment reminder of who God is and what that means. That's right. Yep. That's good. Mm. All right. Well, Lindsay, you're a fantastic guest, and I've already hired you, so I don't know what else to do. <laughs> double hire. I'd like to double down on that. <laughs> Thank you for giving your time today to things in the past and things in the future yeah. and things right in front of you. I mean, yes. That alone feels like a modeling of remembering what yeah. is truth. And thank you. Thank you for having me. Listen, and I feel that because this is the first time that our podcast audience has been able to meet you on the air, Mm -hmm. and I know that I can speak for them because they tell us this, and I know some of this reaches your ears, but I want to be sure that in their virtual presence that I say to you how much your work means 
to this community of women. Amen. That this, That's even right. this book that we're holding in our hands, this plan that we've been talking about for the last hour, that is a gift mm-hmm. that you participated in giving. And I know, I know you, you know, just consider yourself just a, a vessel for what the Lord is doing and you're just trying to be faithful, but it is a gift and we're grateful and they are also grateful. So thank you for that and for being here. Yeah. And your legacy lives on next week when we come back. (laughs) Well, all right. Speaking of next week, here we are, like I said, week one of seven Lenten weeks that we've got ahead of us. We're at the start of week one of People of Remembrance and then four weeks in Matthew. And like we said at the top of the episode, if you want to go grab the Lent Experience Bundle, you can go do that. If you want to get the digital book for People Remembrance, you can. One other option that I can throw out there at shopshereadsruth.com, if you want to pick up a Matthew book, which is coming in three weeks, you can use the code Matthew5, M-A-T-T-H-E-W, and the number five as a code to get $5 off anything in the Matthew collection. That's that. Enough of that. These books are helpful for Lent. It's helpful to have these things right in front of your eyes. And the last thing that Amanda or I or Lindsay wants is for your interaction, engagement this week with Scripture to end here. We so deeply desire that this podcast just be like a a bouncing pad, maybe a trampoline, but a (laughs) launching pad into Bible reading this week. That's why we're here. We're not here so that you can like us more or like our stories. We want you to love God's story and His Word. And so I hope that's what we've accomplished today. And that's what we're going to come back next week and try to accomplish again. So do come back next week for week two of People of Remembrance. But until next week, Lindsay Jacoby, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bibles. Keep opening your Bibles.